This week's episode is made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Good morning, Memphis. You're listening to Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR Radio 91.7 FM. Meanwhile in Memphis is a program dedicated to conversations that celebrate the organizations, initiatives, and people that are shaping Memphis for the better. Meanwhile in Memphis is brought to you by New Memphis, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to develop, activate, and retain the city's most important resource, its people. Your hosts today are me, Rebecca Daly, and Anna Thompson. This morning, we are diving into a topic that has been on the forefront of everyone's minds for a while now, the topic of safety and gun violence in our community. It was a leading campaign point in recent municipal elections, and it impacts the individuals, both young and old, from every part of our city, and it doesn't discriminate. This conversation is necessary, and the dialogue is critical for progress. And joining us today are two experts in their respective fields. Kate Trailer-Shafson is the Dean of the Cecil C. Humphreys School of Law, as well as a professor of law. I will also note here that she is the very first female to serve as Dean of the University of Memphis's Cecil C. Humphreys School of Law in the institution's history. Also joining us today is Susan Deason. Susan is the Executive Director of Memphis Allies and has served at Youth Villages for more than 29 years. Memphis Allies is a local organization that believes Memphis can reduce homicides by 30% in the next four years. Please join us in welcoming Kate and Susan to the studio to discuss the innovative and collaborative ways their organizations are working to build a better community. Good morning, Kate and Susan. How are y'all this morning? Good morning. Doing well. Great. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Before we get in, to our conversation, would love to get to know a little bit more about each of you. Susan, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work? Sure. I'm the Executive Director of Memphis Allies with Youth Villages. This is an initiative to reduce gun violence in Memphis and Shelby County. We launched this initiative in 2021, but I actually started working for our organization back in 1994. So it's been 29 years since I started doing this work in the nonprofit world and helping children and families live successfully. Wonderful. Could you tell us a little bit about the mission of Memphis Allies? Yes. As, as a reference, it is an initiative to reduce gun violence in Memphis and Shelby County. We are working closely with other organizations in this work. So the reason we call ourselves Memphis Allies is because we look for other organizations who have credibility in the community who have been doing this work long before we got into community violence intervention. And a lot of those organizations are doing really great work and we can benefit them with providing resources so that they can scale up services to assist us in that mission. So some of our partner organizations that are allies in the work are organizations like Neighborhood Christian Centers, Lifeline to Success. And in Orange Mound, we partnered this past year with an organization called I Shall Not Die But Live. Oh, powerful. So um, in a similar vein, Kate, can you share a little bit about yourself and the work that you're doing over at the law school? Sure. Um, I moved to Memphis with my family 14 years ago from Philadelphia originally, and um, I moved to become a professor at the law school. And um, in that way, we've been 
really trying to educate practice-ready attorneys to serve the diverse community in which we find ourselves. And uh, that's the core mission of uh, Memphis Law School. And we find that we are able to advance that effort through partnerships with so many community organizations. So you um, are working kind of in tandem, kind of in parallel, I guess, towards similar solutions for the Mid-South and the Memphis area. Can you share a little bit about the ways in which you're currently doing that work? Sure. So uh, at Memphis Law School, we have a medical legal partnership clinic where our students represent the uh, pediatric patients at Labonner Children's Hospital. We've recently partnered with Every Town for Gun Safety through their uh, Every Town Law Fund initiative, and we will be funding a full-time fellow who will be representing specifically the pediatric victims of gun violence who come through Labonner. And uh, in that way, our work is focused on the victims and their families and helping them deal with the problems that the legal problems that arise after they um, have been injured. And those could range from all sorts of things that you don't really hear about, ways in which families are affected afterwards. They may need to relocate because their home is no longer safe or it is bringing up past trauma uh, if the injury occurred near, near in the home. That requires an attorney to help you break your lease. Um, the pediatric victim may need uh, social security benefits that they, ne they never needed before, and they may need an attorney to help them qualify for those benefits. They mean, may need an individualized education plan with the school district, and that may take the effort of an attorney to make sure the student is getting what they need in their educational, um, their educational needs. In regard to youth gun violence, do we have an understanding of the scale of impact? Um, there's general gun violence in our community, but specifically that is impacting our youth. Do we have any data regarding that? Definitely. And this data comes from Labonner Children's Hospital. I'll, I'll clarify that uh, our medical legal partnership is a, a community uh, group where we are collaborating with Labonner Children's Hospital, Memphis Area Legal Services, UT Health Science Center, and the University of Memphis Law School to provide uh, in-hospital legal services to patients of Labonner. And uh, so we do not collect any data ourselves, but uh, through Labonner, as of August of this year, I can share that uh, we've more than doubled uh, our community has more than doubled the number of patients who are victims of gun violence going through Labonner since 2019. Uh, we are at 119 gunshot wound patients that Labonner has treated this year so far. Uh, seven of those uh, individuals did not survive. And I think what's important to note is that when Labonner is talking about the data for pediatric gun violence victims, often we tend to think of older. Older children, right, like who teenagers might, or so. Yeah, yeah teenagers. Okay. Uh, but believe it or not, 70 percent of the pediatric victims of gun violence that Labonner treats are younger than fifteen years old. Wow, Susan, do you have an understanding of some of the root causes of youth gun violence in our community? Well, 
it may be stating the obvious, but Memphis has an extremely high rate of poverty. And in terms of underlying factors, that's one of the largest factors. Obviously, this does not mean that everyone in poverty is committing gun violence, but there's a very high correlation between individuals who engage in gun violence and poverty. Growing up in a neighborhood where there is prevalent violence really has an impact on young children growing up, a lot of trauma, um, a lot of exposure to violence, far too young of an age. And so that is one of the, the leading contributors to violence. And it's probably the biggest thing that if we impacted it could really move the needle, but it would unfortunately take decades to really see the payoff of that because of how long it would take to significantly change the poverty level level in our community. That's why I think it's important to have direct intervention services now that can be put in place to change the trajectory for young people now. Can you expand a little bit on the direct intervention services? Sure. So when we first began researching this problem back in 2020 and early 2021, we looked at other cities across the country and what initiatives and interventions were they putting in place to address this problem. And we discovered that community violence intervention models are gaining traction across the country, as well as gaining a body of evidence in terms of how they can change the trajectory for young people and adults who are engaging in gun violence. And so we, based on the research that we did and the observations that we made of these other models, we launched our own model called SWITCH, which stands, which stands for Support with Intention to Create Hope. And we have since adapted that model to work more specifically with young people. So our SWITCH model serves individuals anywhere from the ages of 12 to 35. Can you help explain um, how directly SWITCH is getting involved in these situations? Yes. So we actually provide services directly to those who are most impacted by gun violence, having been victims themselves and or having committed gun violence themselves. Because the fastest way to address this problem is to provide services to those who are at highest risk right now, today. Prevention is extremely important. And those prevention efforts that are going on around our community should continue. We also understand that prevention is not the only answer. There are many young people, unfortunately, that prevention efforts do not um, are not successful for. And so we want to step in when someone is at highest risk and provide intensive services to them. That means providing them with a life coach, a case manager, a counselor who can meet with them every day, make contact with them every day, and intensively intervene in their lives, in their peer group, in their family, in their school situations. How um, does Memphis Allies determine high-risk individuals? So we base it on several criteria. One, have you been shot or shot at in the last 12 to 18 months? 
Do you have a close friend or family member who has been shot or shot at? Is there an extensive history of legal involvement, legal charges? Many times for our young adults, they will be out of school or unemployed. And probably most importantly, aside from the gunshot history, is their involvement with a gang or a clique or a crew. You mentioned that um, this work really centered or came about around 2020-2021. Was the pandemic a, a tipping point in this scenario? Definitely. 2020 was the year where Memphis rose to be the city with the second highest murder rate in the country. We had the highest rate of homicides that year. And since that year, unfortunately, last year, the, the rate did go down slightly. But as of this year, we are 50 homicides ahead of where we were this time last year. So um, I have a little bit of data that was provided from every town based on the partnership, Kate, with the law school. So um, according to every town's website, it says that in an average year in Tennessee, 1,385 people die by guns. That rate is 20 deaths per 100,000 people. So Tennessee has the 12th highest rate of gun deaths in the U.S. For scale or perspective, um, 43,000 people die by guns in an average year nationally, which is a rate of 13 deaths per 100,000. So Tennessee is at 20 deaths per 100,000, and nationally the rate is 13. So that's quite a bit higher than... I mean, I guess I would have thought, I mean, I, I do watch the news, I do see what's happening, but I think the rate is still more alarming when you see it in numbers like that. It's very concerning. I'll say that it was not a coincidence that every town decided to invest in Memphis Law School's clinic. Uh, they have this fund. It is available to any law school to write a grant proposal, and they had not before Memphis, they had not allocated any funds to a law school clinic that was serving live clients. So we are the first uh, clinic, live client clinic that every town has invested in. It's not a coincidence that they chose Memphis. Uh, actually, the uh, director of litigation strategy for every town is married to a Memphian and uh, has very close ties. His in-laws remain in Memphis. Uh, he visits frequently for holidays. His children attend day camp in Memphis every year. Uh, and he has, even though he's located in New York, he has a very good understanding of the needs of our community here relative to the rest of the country. And so it was our need in this community for this intervention and also the fact that uh, our proposal was ready to stand up immediately because we already have a medical legal partnership clinic, we would be adding to that. So we wouldn't be starting from scratch and provide in creating a clinic. Uh, but it is not a coincidence that every town is investing in Memphis. And for those not familiar, can you introduce us to every town? Sure. Um, every town for gun safety is uh, an organization uh, you may be familiar with Moms Demand Action that is affiliated with Every Town for Gun Safety. Uh, it's a national nonprofit organization uh, that is aimed at uh, addressing policy and litigation 
to bring gun reform. Uh, the they have a, an entire litigation team that focuses on impact litigation around the country intended to result in outcomes that will curb gun violence in different communities. We are not engaged at the law school in any impact litigation, but instead we'll be funding an attorney to address the immediate needs of the survivors after the violence. And that's why um, I think it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, Memphis allies and the law school are turning their attention at the same time to this. And it's a wonderful synthesis in our community that Memphis allies is really focused on the prevention side, uh, the intervention and um, Memphis law school is focused with every town on the victims after, after the violence has taken place. It's a really powerful pipeline. And I, I think it's important to remember that this is not an issue that's unique to our community, but there are unique factors that exacerbate the issue within our community. Susan, uh, your work with Memphis Allies is innovative, but it also pulls from models from other communities. Are there other cities where this collaborative approach to preventative safety measures has been effective? Yes, actually, in Oakland, California, LA, and New York, those are examples of cities that saw significant decreases in gun violence through the use of collaboration, bringing nonprofits together, and specifically scaling up community violence intervention efforts. Every city in America, unfortunately, did see an increase of some sort in gun violence during the pandemic. I think it shifted a lot of things for a lot of communities, unfortunately, and we're trying to repair that as, as the, the years go by and we get some distance between um, 2020 and now. I will say that Memphis's rate of violence is far too high, and it is going to take all of us. And it will take bringing the community together but one of the things that I think is really special about you having both Kate and me on today to talk is that it really is only going to happen through partnership because many of us occupy different lanes of this work, but we can only see that common goal achieved when we're all doing our part in our own lane and working together across those lanes. And so in Memphis, it can be really complicated. There's over 12,000 nonprofits in our city alone. And so bringing everyone together to be part of the solution is easier said than done. But I truly think that one of the things that can hold our community back is when there's division across sectors of our community and organizations. And so I think our city, what I hear from people most frequently is that they want to know that there is something out here that will work, that will help. They want to have hope. And when I think about the great work that's going on at Le Bonheur and the University of Memphis and what we're launching with Memphis Allies, as well as all of those other efforts, I have tremendous hope for our city. But I think it is truly going to be about coordinating the work in a really strategic way. What does it mean? Um to the kind of crossing party lines, so to speak, like, you know, not staying in your own lane kind of with this work that every town has kind of 
put their national stamp of approval on the University of Memphis Law School and the work that could be possible here in Memphis. I'm thrilled that every town is investing in our community. I do think it signals something to the rest of the country. And I am hopeful that there are other foundations, national foundations with real resources. I hope they will join us in this effort. Um, I think that we have the ability to be tracking data already set. Uh, we're a university and uh, Memphis Allies has been, tra has been tracking this data. We partner with UT Health Sciences, which is, which is tracking this data. And I think that if there are any national organizations out there that want to join every town in this work, we are the city and the community to do that in because there are so many of us already doing the work and uh, already collecting the data. And there's so much that can be done with that data, but not enough resources locally to take all of the interventions that we could. And I think really mining the data in Memphis could come up with some amazing strategies that can be scaled. You know, Memphis Allies is scaling up interventions locally. If we could scale that even further, as Youth Villages has with its its fostering model that has been scaled out to how many states now? 25 in the district. Wow. How will this medical legal partnership with Everytown and the law school impact some of the work that's already being done at Memphis Allies through intervention? We constantly look for supports and resources for the families, young people, and adults that we work with. I can't think of a better resource for a family than legal support in the face of being victims of crime and gun violence. So many of the individuals that we work with do not know how to navigate the system. And having the support of a legal medical partnership when you're dealing with the aftermath of gun violence would be life-changing for them. And again, I think this is a great demonstration of how you share the, the workload. Our staff are not trained. They don't have a legal background. So for, for them, it's a tremendous asset to be able to refer a young person or a family to a partnership where they're going to get their needs met so that they can continue to focus on the things that they are trained to do and leave the, the legal support to, to those who are trained to do that. I will also say that Labonner has a hospital violence intervention program where they can refer victims of gun violence for services. We are also partnering with them to be able to provide switch services for those who are at highest risk. And this is another example of us working together as partners in the community to share that work. Is that unique for a local hospital like Le Bonner to be so kind of cutting edge, in my opinion, in initiating these kind of crossover resources? Well, hospital violence intervention programs nationally are a really important part of gun violence reduction and support. I wouldn't say, here's, here's what I would say. I would say Memphis is a bit behind where we need to be with resourcing this work. So okay. to Kate's point, we really want to stand up the work that is happening now to be a national example so that we can bring more focus, attention, and support to Memphis. Having said that, Labonner is extremely cutting edge, and they have 
fought for and advocated for the resources to be able to build that hospital violence intervention program. They have the best people working in their trauma department and acquiring grants and supports for those programs. So I feel extremely confident and excited about the work that they're launching, as well as Regional One is also picking up their hospital violence intervention program and um, adding resources to that. And so I think together across the medical, legal, and private nonprofit sector, we have all the right ingredients. You've mentioned community support, hospital support, legal support. Um, We are just post-election here in Memphis. And as we are ushering in a new mayoral administration, in what ways does local government support your work? And in what ways could they do more to support it? Well, we have had at Memphis Allies really strong support from the city and the county with respect to collaborating on a grant from Governor Lee's Violent Crime Intervention Fund. So in terms of our being able to partner with law enforcement entities in the city and the county to bring resources here to scale up intervention for gun violence reduction, we've had really good support. Where I would say we have the most room to grow is in that collaboration, in that coordination effort that I mentioned earlier. It's essential that all the different people who are doing this work are at the table and working together in a coordinated way. I think that the way that we could most improve is not only to increase that coordination, but also make sure that coordination extends to Shelby County and City of Memphis government. Having dual government is brings its challenges, but I believe both of our mayors have what it takes to bring the entire community together. So Kate, uh, talking about the Medical Legal Partnership Clinic, I'm curious what opportunities the partnership affords current law students. Great question. So our students are very much focused on investing in our community. They're focused in social ju- on social justice issues as well. And so to the extent that we can bring them practical learning experiences that also help them fulfill, feel fulfilled as individuals, this is exactly uh, what is right for them. Our medical legal partnership uh, was created in part to advance student need and demand in the area of health law. And um, students learn basic litigation skills in representing clients that will serve them no matter what they do in their futures. But being in Memphis, which has such a large health community, learning some, getting some experience as a health law attorney is an extra benefit that we're able to give to our students. Now, adding the Everytown Law Fellow that will focus specifically on serving the needs of the the pediatric victims of gun violence is something that will appeal beyond our health law students to students who are coming to law school to learn how they can make an impact in their communities and giving them that experience. But Um, We started this conversation talking about the mission of the law school, and it is to educate students. And we are so fortunate to be in a community where there are so many community partners 
that want to work with the law school to engage law students to help meet the immediate needs of our community. But at the end of the day, we are always concerned with what are our students learning. And in the Medical Legal Partnership Clinic, our students are learning basic skills. They're learning interviewing skills, negotiating skills. They're learning uh, how to file claims uh, in civil litigation matters. And they're learning administrative law by dealing with Social Security. They're learning education law and disability law, working with Social Security and with the school board. So um, our students are getting an amazing educational experience, which is our paramount priority. However, we want to give back to the community. Our students want to give back to the community. And there's so much need and opportunity that we're happy that we can fulfill that through the Medical Legal Partnership. What does success look like? For Memphis Allies and the SWITCH programming right now, but also what does success, what could success look like as in the next three to five years? Well, quite simply put, keeping individuals safe, free, and alive is one of our top priorities in terms of our mission at Memphis Allies. We obviously want anyone in the Memphis area to feel safe, whether it's going to the gas station or going to the grocery store. We want everyone to feel safe. We want to make the community a safer place to live. And we also want the communities that are most impacted by gun violence to experience increase in safety. So while it may seem like because our rates of violence are so high that this is an impossible problem to solve, it's actually a very small percentage of the population that is responsible for the most amount of crime and gun violence. So in a city the size of Memphis, there may be anywhere on any given day around 600 to 1,000 individuals at highest risk to commit or be um, involved in gun violence. And that may seem like a, a lot of people, but our city is around 650,000 in terms of our population, and that is a really small percentage of the overall population. But That is not to diminish the impact of that. That should give you a sense, though, that by the end of 2025, we expect to be serving around 1,000 individuals on any given day. So the reason that we are scaling up to that number is because it directly correlates to how many people we believe are at highest risk for involvement with gun violence. And if we could provide intensive services to everyone that we can identify who falls into that category, we believe we would significantly decrease the violence in the city. I also want to add that I know there's a lot of individuals who think, well, shouldn't we just incarcerate everyone who is a perpetrator of gun violence? The reality is we're not going to prosecute or incarcerate our way out of this problem. So for some individuals, that may be the appropriate option. But for many of the individuals who have engaged in gun violence or have been victims of gun violence, there is another path. It is possible for them to make change in their life, to give back to their community. In fact, many of the individuals that we have hired to work in our initiative were formerly high-risk individuals themselves who have completely transformed their lives 
and they are serving as role models with lived experience for those participants we're serving. And that, that may sound outlandish, but it works. The person who is going to have the most influence over an individual is someone who has been in your shoes, who has walked in your shoes. So we believe that's a really important part of change. And if we don't try something different than what we've been doing before, we're going to get the same results we've been getting. A lot of the statistics that we've looked at so far are focused on youth and gun violence in youth. Um, How does that project to general gun violence or adult violence? Is that something that Youth Villages is tracking or are you mainly focused on under 18 population? No, actually, the first year and a half we were working on this initiative, we were focused primarily on adults. The homicide rate is largely driven by adults. Typically, on average, the average age of a uh, suspect for homicide and a victim is 27 and 28 years old, respectively. That's not to say we don't have a problem with youth as it relates to violence. Many of the youth who are engaging in gun violence, it starts with stealing cars, escalates to carjacking, other aggravated charges, and that is a problem. And that's why we determined that it was important for us to focus on youth as well as adults. But in most cities across the country, and Memphis is no different, the homicide rate is actually largely driven by adults. And what we also find is that many times when youth are involved in crime, they are engaging in that crime with other young adults. And so there's not a a magic thing that happens when you turn 18 um, that really changes what you need. And so our goal is to provide those intensive services to anyone who is at highest risk regardless of their age. For anyone who is in need of your services, how can they get in contact with you? We have a website at memphisallies.org. You can refer an individual who is at high risk. If you know someone, you can get in touch with us through that website for more information. And you can learn more about our Switch and Switch Youth models at that website. Kate, I'm curious about um, kind of going back to the mission of the law school and making sure that the students there are the most equipped upon graduation. What kind of nuances being in Memphis as a law student provides a student to be able to kind of walk through all the nuances of what the examples that Susan kind of just gave, where sometimes certain actions are appropriate and sometimes they're not. And it in large part is up to a lot of lawyers, you know, in their field to be able to determine those steps. So I'm curious what nuances Memphis provides law students to be able to navigate those waters post-grad. So it depends. And we offer almost a hundred different experiential learning options for our students where they could be working in a government agency, office, for a judge. And so our students are in a lot of situations where they are learning that for academic credit. We have students working in the DA's office. We have students working in juvenile court. 
we have students working in the criminal courts uh, for judges there, and we have students in the the public defender's office, in the U.S. attorney's office, in the federal defender's office, and in federal judges' chambers. So they have the opportunity to see how our criminal justice system works from any different vantage point that they want. Unfortunately, there's not enough time in three years for them to see all of the vantage points, but they can take uh, multiple semesters, and so they could choose to... uh, Take, take a look from the prosecutor side and from the defender side uh, or from a judge's chambers and really get that perspective. And one of the goals of our partnership with Everytown is to expose law students to the issues and the problems so that when they graduate, they may decide to pursue this as their profession, focusing on gun violence. Or they may, at the very least, be more informed attorneys and decide how to spend their time giving back uh, through pro bono service, and that it will be inspired by their work with every town and the legal fellow. Is policy change something that Memphis Allies is working towards shifting, or are you mainly focused on immediate intervention? And I would ask the same question at the law school, if that's something that the medical legal partnership is long-term looking to kind of shift policy on these topics, or if education and kind of family services post an event is the main focal point. When we started researching this initiative and the problem of gun violence and learned about community violence intervention strategies, we really bucketed our knowledge into three areas, prevention, intervention, and transformation. And as I mentioned earlier, there are some prevention efforts that are part of our services, but mostly we are focused on direct intervention because we need something right now that's going to work in the next two to five years to change the trajectory for our community and those at highest risk. However, that transformation work that we spoke about earlier, reducing poverty, making sure everyone has access to high quality education, that individuals have all the knowledge and supports that they need at their fingertips in their communities. That is a really important part of the work. And I think part of what falls into that transformation category is policy change. It is looking at how do laws and legislation negatively impact some of these communities. And so I think at some part, we will, at some point, we will be a part of that transformation work. Right now, we're happy to support the work of others, whether it's every town, um, our larger scale transformation efforts going on. And you asked earlier about success. For us, it's about making sure that the individuals that we work with have the best chance for success and not returning to a life of crime, not being rearrested. So we are focused right now on those outcome measurements and working closely with entities like University of Memphis. In addition to the law school, we're also working with the School of Public Health and the Public Safety Institute on outcome evaluations that can be done to measure the impact of our programs. 
That's definitely where universities come in. And um, especially the law school, we have a number of faculty who are affecting change through policy all the time through their research. And uh, one goal of the of every town in investing in the law school's medical legal partnership clinic is that the legal fellow, in addition to serving clients that come through Labonner and engaging students in expanding that work um, so they'll be able to increase capacity for the number of clients that they're able to serve in that way that legal fellow will also be doing research and their uh their the research the goal of their scholarship will be to affect policy change on gun violence and there is so much data available through UT Health Sciences, through Labonner, through Memphis Allies, and greater funding from organizations like Everytown enable a, an academic to actually dive into that data, sort through that data, and then advocate for policy change as a result. And that takes money. And so we're grateful to every town. There is going to be one more person working on gun policy reform thanks to this grant. That's exciting. That really is, honestly. Memphis is a community of big thinkers, but also folks who are willing to roll up their sleeves and put the work in. In what ways can the community get involved to support your work? For us at Memphis Allies, a lot of it is about raising your hand and saying you want to be part of it. We have volunteer opportunities. We also really would like for the community to identify individuals who are at highest risk. So for those who live in communities that are uh, experiencing high rates of gun violence, if you know someone who needs help, we would love to hear about that. As I mentioned earlier, we have a website, memphisallies.org. We also have a phone line where you can leave a message and you'll get a return call within 24 hours. So it's not a crisis line, but it is an information line and a place to gather more information when we return the call. And that's 901-252-7900. And that is, that is one of the ways that the community can help us out the most. But also in terms of that transformation work, we're partnering closely with communities to do things like neighborhood cleanups, improvement projects for communities where our participants live. And so there are volunteer opportunities. We also have curriculum for the participants that come through our program, and we partner with individuals in the community to deliver that curriculum. So it could be if you're part of a church or a faith-based organization, it could be doing something like a Bible study with our participants who are interested in that. It could be looking for partnership opportunity to help train some of our participants on things like building a resume or interviewing skills. So these are already part of our curriculum, but we can incorporate other organizations and individuals in the community into delivering that curriculum and partnering with our programs. There's less opportunity to volunteer in the education of law students or providing legal services through the Medical Legal Partnership, Uh, but 
I do think there are two ways that the community can get involved in the work of the Everytown Law Fellow. And uh, the first is that there is tremendous unmet legal need in our community. All clients that are served by the Medical Legal Partnership Clinic come in through referrals by Methodist Labonner Children's Hospital. So my office receives multiple phone calls daily requesting legal services from the law school. We are not a legal services provider, and all of our referrals come through Memphis Area Legal Services for other clinics, but for the Medical Legal Partnership, that all comes through Labonner Children's Hospital. So unfortunately, if a victim is not a patient of Labonner, and that does include outpatients, um, they do take referrals from outpatient Labonner doctors, uh, but if you're not a patient, we're not able to represent that client. There is just a, a limit to what we are able to do. But what I would recommend to the community is uh, they, they could consider donating directly to the University of Memphis Legal Clinic. They could consider making donations to Memphis Area Legal Services to increase the number of clients that we are able to serve. And that is one good way to target your money. The other thing is uh, through outreach to your elected representatives, because both local, state, and federal representatives have access to funds to support programs like this, as well as to support Memphis Allies. And uh, even if you don't have the funds to uh, make a difference or that you think will make a difference, you can reach out to your elected representatives and tell them that this is important to you, that you heard about the work that is being done, and you would like to make sure that they are contributing funds to support these organizations. I feel like we've just barely scratched the surface on this topic, but it's been such a wonderful and illuminating conversation with you both, um, Kate and Susan. Thank you for joining us. One last question I would have for each of you is what makes you most hopeful or excited about the work being done in our community right now? I touched on this earlier, but I think it really is the opportunity to work together across so many sectors in our community. What I will say is while there's a lot of frustration and fear and concern in our community, I do also see hope. I see so many people every day who just want better for Memphis. And so I know that that frustration and that fear also comes from a place of alignment that everyone in our community wants the same thing. We all want it to be a safe, wonderful place to live. And so I think that alignment gives me a lot of hope that if everyone comes together and understands what resources are available here and how we can coordinate those resources, you know, we have, we have to hold our leadership accountable as well for helping us coordinate that work. But I, I truly am extremely excited and hopeful because I know that we have the best people in this community and the best resources. And I think if we align ourselves appropriately, we can get that job done. I find hope in our community partners always. Uh, I'm always amazed by the work of Memphis Allies and Youth Villages and what they give back to our community. Uh, but I would tell you that the thing that brings me the most hope is something that not everyone gets to see, and that's our students. And we are educating 
the next generation of lawyers. And I can tell you that they are not the lawyers that they make lawyer jokes about. (laughs) (laughs) Today's law student, uh, over 50% of law students today come to law school with the intention of performing public service when they graduate. They do not come to law school to make a profit. They're not, that's not the intention of most people coming to law school these days. And when we're able to expose them to community need, uh, and this gets a little bit back to your nuance, uh, especially when we have students, we have students from Memphis, lifelong Memphians, and students from across the state as well as beyond the state who come to Memphis and through our community-based work are exposed to neighborhoods that they've never seen before and people that they simply didn't think they would meet in their lives. And that is game-changing, and it meets those students exactly where they are at, which is wanting to find that community that they can serve. And so I take so much hope in our students. Anna, that was a very grounding conversation. This is a very real and very heavy topic um, that hits home for a lot of our community. But this conversation, I feel like, For me, it also really shined a light on some of the impactful ways that change can be affected through collaboration. And that's not to say that there aren't hard and heavy parts in this work, but knowing that there are so many people and organizations who are taking action to make change is really powerful. I agree completely. I feel like after hearing all of the very tactical, practical ways that Memphis Allies is preventing and intervening um, in the gun violence space is affirming for me, but then also knowing that with the partnership with every town that the law school is providing resources for those when those interventions maybe don't happen the way that we want them to. So knowing that there are very intelligent, passionate people at every aspect of this work Um, And that they are kind of energized by the opportunity and the hope that our city has leaves me feeling very hopeful and optimistic for a topic that I was frankly a little nervous to kind of tackle today. So I'm, I'm very hopeful. I feel a peace about all of it. And I'm excited about the work of Memphis Allies and the law school and the partnerships that are being made. Our community is in such good thoughtful and caring hands. And and that's what really gives me hope um, in a in a scenario and conversation with a topic that is heavy and hard. I think there's also the opportunity for more partnerships to come about from these conversations. Um, we heard from two organizations today that maybe don't have a partnership kind of inked on paper, but they work very closely and in parallel all the time. And that is a great model for a lots of individuals and organizations around our city that we do have kind of the raw manpower and the creativity and innovation here, as long as we can align it all in the right way and pull in the same direction. Um, Memphis is unstoppable. I'm eager to see what other parallel partnerships there are out there. Absolutely. So till next week. Bye. Bye. Independent Bank is celebrating 25 years of sharing your stories, building your dreams, and serving you heroically. 
Find out how iBank can help you achieve your financial dreams at i-bankonline.com. Member FDIC.